Oh, another fantastic episode of Andor. Uh, this show, every week, it's just so fascinating, so interesting to watch. There's so much going on. The storylines kind of cut back and forth. And uh, this week, we have Andor in prison. We have Mon Mothma at this, this party where she's completely uncomfortable trying to garner votes. Um, we have what's going on with Cinta and Val. Uh, Andy Circus, like, where did that come from? Um, and obviously, Saw Guerrera at the end as well with Luthen and... There's just so many storylines and plot lines going on in the show. Didn't even mention what's happening with the ISB and, and Deidre. So, I, so much to get into. Um, I don't even know what to say here. Let's just get into the show. He's Mark Majot. I'm Corey Graham. We're going to break down Andor Episode 8, Arkina 5, up next after Whale and the Wolf. Biggest a separatist. My pays a neo-republican. The Gorman Front. The Partisan Alliance. Sectorists. Human cultists. Galaxy partitionists. They're lost. All of them lost. Lost. Episode 8 of Andor Marka and Arkina 5. Really kind of felt the consequences from the uh, the fallout of Aldani again. And it kind of made that last episode, um, episode 7, what was it called? Um, Truth Consequences? The announcement. The announcement. Thank you. And it was something along those lines. It made it really kind of feel like a, almost like a prologue to um, the last uh, three episode kind of um, story arc. So this one, I feel, kicks off a new story arc and uh, lots going on in this episode. I, again, it's there's not a lot like there's so much going on, but it's not like it's explosions and stuff. It's just it's a fascinating watch every time. Yeah, I would love to spend an entire episode watching Space Prison. Yeah. As I've talked about on the podcast before, I'm fascinated by prison, despite being terrified of going to prison. I find <laughs> TV shows and movies about uh, people in jail to be incredibly fascinating, and I found this episode to be incredibly fascinating. I wrote down on my notes, this was basically Oz, but in space, minus a lot of the horrible things that happen. And we kind of had a like a micro time jump in this episode as well, right? We yep. jumped forward. By my calculations, about 30 days with old Cassian in prison. So it really helped hammer home the fact that this wasn't going to be a quick escape. You know, part of me thought, oh, he'll he'll just bust out of this in this first episode and we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. But no, he's actually facing with his consequences, right? Like, he's the one that kind of was at the front of this Aldani raid. And now other stuff across the galaxy is happening. And it finally got and it finally caught up to, to our main character. It is interesting that he is facing consequences from this raid, but not because he was part of the raid, just because the raid happened, which is kind yeah. of, it's interesting to watch him experience it. Because you think if, you know, had he, you know, hidden off and joined the rebellion, he would have been fine. But since he's in business for himself, he's in jail because of what happened. Nothing to do with the fact that he was just sort of loitering around, but um, it, it is kind of Amazing to see it. And we kind of wonder, like, we've talked about this a few times, what's going to be the spark that gets him to join? Was it going to be Luthen? Maybe not. Was it going to be the Manifesto? Maybe not, but I assume that comes back later. But could this be the the spark that gets him to join, realizing that, man, had I just joined up, I I would have been fine. Instead, here I am in this prison. Yeah, I think losing his suitcase full of credits is going to be a rude awakening, because I believe we just, last time we saw it, it was 
on top of his shower in his hotel yeah. room. So I imagine that is going to be a big thing. Also, we met his buddy from Rogue One in this in Melshi. So I did not expect another Rogue One cameo. We got another big one later on at the end of this episode. But I think the relationship that he and Melshi are kind of forming in this prison. And if you don't recall, because I had to kind of do a, a double take on this. Melshi is one of the first characters we actually see in Rogue One. He's the first person that really chats with Jyn Erso, if if I'm not mistaken. He's kind of the first person she has contact with. So I'd imagine, like, I don't want to guess or speculate, but I think we're kind of on the way to those two somehow break out of prison and those team up and join the rebellion. Are you on the same lines as I am that this prison stint is like, listen, enough is enough, man. I tried to just do my own thing and I still got thrown in jail. So it might as well stand up for something. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I, I don't know why I was surprised too. You know, like why are we surprised that he's going to meet up with somebody that he's going to hang out with and, and learn? Like why would he? Why are we shocked that he meets somebody in jail that becomes like one of his lifelong buddies in the rebellion? We should have seen it coming, right? But I, yeah. I was like you. I was like, oh, I know that guy. Wait a second, and then you kind of go through the, the, the look it up. And you're like, oh, okay, that's him from from Rogue One. It was kind of with uh, by his side the whole time. Um, so good for them. You know, good for them. Um, obviously, with the, the Saw Gerrera stuff later, it's it's it, it, what a powerful performance that was. But we'll get to that a little bit later. I'm with you. I think we're seeing the, you know, he's been there for a month. He's kind of almost become part of the leader of that team now. Like, he's not uh, obviously Andy circus style leader, but he's kind of the leader of his little group, of his table. Um, we saw some hand signals back and forth across the abyss to people. So, clearly something is starting to happen. Um, I really like Melshi's sort of thing where he's like, don't even count the days. You're just, you're here until they don't need you anymore. Basically, it sounds like you're here until you die because you're making these parts. And I assume they're parts for the Death Star, right? That's what I was kind of under the assumption as well. I first thought they were they would be building K2 droids. Mm. And that's kind of what I thought they were going to build. But I think the Death Star kind of makes sense. And, you know, Melshi said that as well. But also Andy Serkis's character named Kino Loy. I believe he also said the guards only show up to pick up the dead and drop someone new off. Yeah. So that's, again, kind of along the lines of don't be counting down because that's the worst thing you could possibly do in this. And I kind of like how... They show the progress. We know all we were missing was like a musical montage of them working together and speeding up their process. But I, I think they're building D- D- Death Star components. I think maybe that was a little too obvious, but that's what I assumed watching this episode. Yeah, I mean, we always hear how the Death Star is behind schedule, right? In all mm-hmm. kinds of different mediums and shows. It's always the Death Star is behind schedule until Tarkin unveils it's fully operational. And I guess even during Rogue One, we get to see a little bit operational, but... Um, I also found it interesting. He mentioned Circus's line about they only come to drop off and, and to uh, pick up. Well, he's counting down his time, right? Like he's sitting there being a leader. Yes. I've only got so many days to go. So wait a sec. What's the juxtaposition there that you're telling people not to have hope, but you have hope? Is that, I wonder if we get, you know, if we're in this jail for 250 days or whatever, and it comes to the time for his character to leave and he doesn't get to leave. And that's what sparks everything to happen. Yeah. I actually didn't even th- think about that. That could also be, this isn't the last time we're, this couldn't be the last time we're going to see some of these characters, right? So maybe we do get it. Um, that reminds me of another prison movie. Oh, I'm going to, Midnight Run? Not Midnight Run. I'll think about it. Yes. It's basically a guy who's in a Turkish prison yep. and is counting down, is about to get out. And then the last day he thinks he's getting out, they tack on more time to his sentence and he kind of goes nuts. A lot of similarities between Shawshank Redemption as well. Oh, in this. sure. I find some of those speeches and some of the way some of the prisoners are treated. Um, I really enjoyed this element of that episode, despite being terrified of going to prison. I think they did a good job of 
beating down the lifeness, lifelessness of what prison can do to people, and especially a lot of these people who are wrongfully accused or wrongfully committed or like, you know, they're put yep. in jail for really do, doing nothing. You just see how their dignity and their rights get stripped away instantaneously. Like I personally would have hated this prison just having to go barefoot all the time. Like that to me is put me in the hole if I have to go barefoot in yeah. a prison like that. Like these prisoners are just stripped of everything. Yeah, and it, it it is interesting to watch too that some of these prisoners that we assume have been there for quite a while, a new person comes in, and, and one of the comments is, "There's so many new people now, and what's going on? What happened? What about Aldani? We've heard about it. What is it?" And then Cassian plays dumb, like I haven't heard anything, but yet you could see how the Empire is conscripting all these new people because of this new law, right? And all those prison, like we saw, how many of those prison hubs in the, on that one planet on Arkina Five. And then you got to think all those other transports went to different places too and how many people are now working for the Empire. And, you know, it makes sense because they have a huge Imperial fleet that we see. We had the, obviously the Death Star. And we never really, I don't think in any way along or any point along the way do we ever get told how they made everything, right? Like how do they get everything so quickly? But clearly this is how. Yeah, they're using the incident on Aldani to basically flex a law that they kind of force through, right? And there's been a lot of, a lot of articles online, a lot of videos Kind of comparing this to the Patriot Act, what the United States went through post 9-11, saying, yep. hey, this happened, so now we're going to, based, for lack of a better term, strip you of all your rights in the interest of keeping you safe. And I think Tony Gower has a lot to say about the U.S. government in this, right? Well, Star Wars was created to Vietnam, essentially, right? Yep. Like, that's what a lot of the stories were. So kind of mirroring real life just happened to be in a different space. And I also just want to clarify that movie I was talking about, Midnight Express. It's based on Billy Hayes. He was caught smuggling drugs out of Turkey and had to stay in a Turkish prison. Great movie. If some Someone's looking for something, watch Midnight Express. That's what that reminded me of. But yes, back to Andor watching them just kind of pull everyone in merciless like showing no mercy throwing anyone and everyone in prison to do crappy jobs and i don't think i don't know if they said the word slave in this episode but what is it prisoners yeah. or jobs it's the same thing right 12 hour shifts you get to eat this gruel that has no taste out of a tube but hey you can have as much as you want and if you do well you get rewarded with taste like it's you know, and then like the top table gets this and we don't even get to see if they win top table. I thought that was interesting too. Like, yeah. you know, the Andor's group is doing well. And then before we find out who wins, that cuts away. And it's like, I think that just goes to show that it's not important, right? Who cares? Because yeah. they're just a bunch of slaves. Yeah. And they're in prison. Like it truly doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. And you mentioned the, the gruel tube. I thought that was just phenomenal acting by Diego Luna when we kind of have our flash forward and the way he just takes that tube, like he looked hesitant at first, but yeah. he just looked so comfortable and it looks like, wow, they broke him. Like all the characters we thought they would never break. No, he's accepted his fate, at least in that scene. And I thought just a small, subtle choice like that. He's just preparing for another crappy day at work and he knows he has to get that protein or whatever it is in that tube to just straight up survive. Like he, he looked so broken in that scene that I thought it was just good, really good filmmaking. Yeah. And I, I think you mentioned it a couple of times as well, just like the, um, the absolute, like you have no hope in that prison, right? You can't step on the floor. It's like, I don't know if you ever watched new girl where they play that, uh, that game where the floor is lava and they all have to hop around. <laughs> kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, but yeah, like there's just, there's no hope. And then that one guy basically commits suicide and they just leave him there. Like it's, nobody mm -hmm. makes a big deal about it. And it's just like complete 
an utter like aloneness except for when you're doing your job and like there was no sort of instructions provided either like everybody was like everything was kind of stop go go stop stop go what like what am i supposed to do here and then it's like this prisoner tells you this and nobody tells you what to expect and you're just thrown into this thing and it's it's almost like clearly the empire doesn't care you don't need a name you're a number you're just you're a person doing a task and next man up if you're down you know like who cares if you die we'll find somebody else that suicide also reminded me to compare it back to shawshank redemption the first one of the first scenes where the big guy just breaks down and starts crying and all the yep. prisoners kind of have bets like i bet it's going to be him i bet yeah fresh fish i believe is the quote from that movie and when that guy breaks down the rest of the crew really doesn't or the rest of the prisoners don't really react they kind of start laughing i believe if that was their reaction like yeah we knew it was going to be him so really good job building that entire scene and We've talked for 12 minutes about the prison stuff, and we haven't even talked about the other stuff that was going on that was intercut kind of half and half. But before we move on, I do want to mention a theory mm-hmm. that a couple of sites have kind of gone with that I, I don't think it's true, but we got a cameo, and I hope he comes back, but Andy Circus is in this episode, who was Snoke in the sequel trilogies. There, That's not the same character, right? Like, I, there's no chance that is Snoke. Yeah, that, there's like, no I would chance bet that's my Snoke. Hope. Yeah, because um, for I'll expand on that a, a tad. The average movie-going fan probably didn't even realize that was that was Andy Serkis, right? In Rise of Sky or whatever right. movie Snoke yeah. was in. It's just a guy wearing a motion capture suit. I just think Andy Serkis is a talented actor they wanted to bring back, right? Talented actor, uh, motion, like, puts on the suit. Yeah. He was Gollum. Like, he's a good director, too, as well. That can't possibly be Snoke, right? Like, let's just no. end that right now. Yeah, I would be shocked if they, that's Snoke. Like, isn't Snoke like a bad clone of the Emperor? Like, isn't that supposed to be what he is? So, yeah, I don't, I think it's just more like, yeah, we have Andy Serkis. He wants to be involved. He loves this stuff. We can put him on screen and rather than just yeah. use his voice and, you know, his motion capture performance. So, yeah, I, I'll be honest. That didn't even cross my mind. They were the same person. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go back because they... It was interesting to watch. They cut like the hopelessness of prison with the just the the overindulgence, I guess, of, of the, the aristocratic class. Oh my gosh, on Coruscant and these parties, you know, like they're killing f- worms to drink them and their drink to make their drink taste better. They're looking out the view, like it's just. And Mon Mothma looks uncomfortable the whole time. Like she does not belong here, but she has to do this to get votes and stay in power. I really found it interesting the way they cut back and forth. Yeah, Mon Mothma has kind of been my my most valuable player so far for yeah. this for the series. She hasn't had a ton of screen time, but anytime her character is involved with what's happening on screen, that's when I'm the most dialed in. We know how her fate ends, or at least we think we kind of know how her fate ends, but she's really doing a lot of work, and the work she's doing, it's so hard because she has to do it in secret and, you know, under her breath, or also she's just trying to cater to both parties because her life kind of depends on it right now she's kind of like a spy behind enemy lines who's playing fast and loose who kind of realizes maybe the the pressure might be on her but i thought it was really interesting going back and forth as you mentioned just how crappy life could be in a prison to then just the rich people bumping elbows and having this big party i thought that stuff was really really well done the prison stuff helped amplify the party, and the party yeah. stuff helped amplify the prison. Because you, you almost get the feeling Mon Mothma's in her own prison at that party, and then you go back with Cyril, who's in a prison basically as well. So I liked how they kind of kept cutting back and forth to all these d- 
different levels, almost a different level of um, stature in life is what kind of prison yeah. you're in, right? Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I do, like, Mon Mothma, it's like she still, at this point, still believes things can be fixed. Is that fair? Like, she's not quite ready to go full rebel yet? Yeah, I think she's still trying to play nice, for lack of better terms. She's still trying, but every episode she gets further and further away from that part. Yeah. Till she goes full rebel. And maybe that's the end of season one. Maybe that's the end of season two. But I do think she is still trying to do things the right way. And she's, you know, there's people on this show who realize there's no right way, right? Both of these sides are bad in the grand scheme of things. And I think she'll have a rude, not a rude awakening, but I think sometime in the next few episodes, it'll likely be, you know what? I I can't do this anymore. I need to just quit playing nice and do things that I need to get done. Yeah, and I, I do wonder if it's going to be that Gorman thing, because we had a mention of that again in this episode as well. Um, not with Mon Mothma, I think it was with uh, Saw Gerrera that mentioned the yeah, Gorman. So, like, that's definitely going on right now. And I, I do think that's going to be what tilts her towards being like, okay, I got to be out and open now. We can't do this anymore. Um, let's, let's say you know Saw. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I wonder if it is something where she has a run-in with her husband and maybe that's what pushes her over the end right or over the edge where you know her husband either betrays her Mm -hmm. or reports her that could also be something her banker friend as well i wonder if something in that relationship pushes her over the edge i think there's a few things she's just there's so much tension in her life right now at every single aspect that she is just she's tighter than a drum right now and i think that has to crack at some point and it's interesting to find kind of the backstory on her husband, how it's an arranged marriage. And, you know, like, is he a, is he an imperial spy this whole time, you know? Um, and uh, something's weird with her daughter. Like, her daughter doesn't really need to show up in these scenes, and then she does. And then it's like, she's awkward. Like, are they both spying on her? I think a lot of people. I think everyone is spy- yeah. spying on Mon Moth. Or maybe, too, maybe this is just filmmaking. Maybe that's all in her head. Yeah. Maybe they are clueless. Like maybe her husband is just a clueless idiot and they've been purposefully putting us down the wrong track just to show something else. Sure. Maybe, who knows? Like that. that's, I wouldn't put it past this show because it is, I think we both agree. We didn't know what to expect from this show and we still kind of don't know what to expect, but that's the best part of it. You know, Mandalorian, it was at times it was. Story of the week, you know, mm-hmm. freak of the week. This week, Mando's doing this. Next week, he's doing that. Whereas this one, I truly have no idea what to expect week in, week out, but I kind of like that surprise experience. So who knows? Maybe that is just really clever f- filmmaking that you and I haven't really seen yet. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying it. And like you said, I think every episode, I'm never sure what to expect. Like, uh, here's the other little happy uh, mistake on my part. I thought this was only nine episodes in season one. It's 12. So we still have a few more yes. weeks to go. I thought we were ending next week. So as I looked, I'm like, wait a second, this is 12 episodes. We got a lot of runways still to go here. So, you know, the prison break can happen. I don't know if it happens next episode or if it happens climax of season one. I don't know. Like, where do we get to? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I just, I kind of love turning it on. And, and like, we knew he was going to go to prison, but... I didn't know at all what this episode was going to be like, let alone like one of the worst prisons you can imagine. Um, Just like, and it's amazing how clean everything is. You know, you see these dingy prisons. This one is so clean and just like, again, just takes all hope away from you. Uh, Anyway, we've talked enough about the prison. The other thing going on um, with um, Val and Cinta is I find really interesting too, how Cinta is all in for the rebellion. Val is, is, but she's not. And then the whole thing with Bix 
they're going to find Bix, right? Like they're going to find Bix and Bix is going to sign up for the rebellion. That's that, that's where this is going. I think so. That seems a little not obvious, but I think that's the that's the path they're trying to send us down right now. And you know, they're doing it without a ton of screen time. You yeah. know, like this episode, a lot was crammed into it. But even just the small moments, you know, like you, you mentioned Bix and you mentioned all the other stuff. It's incredible what they can do with just four minutes, right? Like my lasting memory of this episode is absolutely the stuff that happens in the prison. Yeah. But still important stuff with all these secondary characters is just as important. Like there are, it's hard to keep track of a lot of the names too yeah. as well in this. Cause yeah. I think there are so many important characters who we haven't kind of even seen since the first couple episodes as well. So that's, that, that's just a, a very minor thing, but there is just so much stuff crammed into a 55 minute episode. And I thought that that big stuff was really important. And I hope that gets, res- it will get resolved. I'm just curious as to when it gets resolved because this sh- show, we've talked about how it's kind of been set in pods, right? Three episodes, mm-hmm. three episodes, three episodes, just looking at the writers and directors. So this one was directed by Toby Haynes and it was written by Bo Williman. And Toby and Bo handled this episode. They also handle episodes 9 and 10. Yep. So I imagine we are going to get some resolve to these questions in 9 and 10. And then 11 and 12 have a new director and writer. So it sounds like we have two more episodes to solve more of these questions. Yeah, and then I I imagine we're going to be left with a cliffhanger after 12, right? Kind of going into the season premiere of, of season 2, which is... Great and unfortunate at the same time. Yeah. Um, I do think that, that Bix is going to be what... Because Cinta and Val are there to kill Cassian, right? To take him out. Um, Cint, um, Bix is going to be the one that convinces them not to. At least that's what I feel. Um, which which makes sense. And Cassian's surrogate mom, what's going to happen to her? Is she going to... Is she long for this anymore? Like She's already been injured. She's old like is that what gets andor finding out his mom got killed and strung up maybe by the empire too that'd be devastating anytime you see like an old person get killed i i don't think she has a happy ending in the no. series and that's as you mentioned that could be another thing that pushes him into war like she is full-blown a part of the rebellion now and maybe we see it on camera maybe they do the deed off screen but i i don't think she's got a long shelf life that's just me and yeah, that could absolutely be something that, that pushes him over the edge. So Luthen has been codenamed Axis by the Empire, which is interesting because we've talked before about in Rebels how Ahsoka is Fulcrum and then, mm-hmm. um, gosh, uh, Cassis, Cassis is, is Fulcrum. I wonder if that's actually who Luthen portrays at this point is Fulcrum. Mm. Rather, Axis is what the, the Imperials call him because he's, you know, where everybody comes together. Fulcrum's kind of the same sort of the pivot point, right? Where everything comes together. So I wonder if that's going to be his alias in this show moving forward as he's trying to bring these groups together and it's not working yet. But it, I think it goes to show how much work is being put in by by Mon Mothma, by Bail Organa, who's not had a lot or has not shown up in the show yet at all. But we know he's behind the scenes pulling pulling things together as well. Just how, how it's not, it's not like, okay, let's just, we're rebelling, we're, we're rebelling now. Like there's a lot of work going together to get all these cells together. Yeah, it's a little bit like herding cats. We're yeah. trying to get a group trip together going on, right? You're everyone has the same end goal, but it's it's hard to communicate. It's hard to get everybody on the same page. And I think that 
Luthen saw scene was first of all incredible. Like oh. One of the best scenes I think of this entire series so far. Two just really talented actors going back and forth. I've talked about how well I think the show has been cast. I think those two characters, nice to see Forrest Whitaker back. We kind of knew this was going to happen mm-hmm. at some point. But seeing just them have that conversation and that monologue that Saw oh. gives. And th- this isn't, you know, this isn't Rogue One Saw yet, right? Like, he hasn't yeah. been maimed yet. He's still, he hasn't gone, like, super full Rebel. He's, like, what, 85% of the way there? Yeah, he's not quite to the conspiracy it? theories yet, right? Like, he's just, everything's about the, the, the mission, but he's not, like... Well, let's stick this thing in your brain to see if you're telling the truth. It's going to kill you, yeah. but hey, well, no, you know? Yeah, he's getting close to that, but hasn't quite got there yet. But just that speech I thought was so impressive and just something I never thought I would see in yeah. a Star Wars show. So prison stuff I loved. I love the party stuff, but I thought the speech and just that conversation was one of the most important parts of this episode because it just showed characters where they're at. And we know where at least one of those characters ends up. And I'm curious to see, you know, again, we're talking about what pushes characters to do what they do. I'm curious how Saw gets to the guy who can barely breathe that we see Mm -hmm. in Rogue One. And I know he's in Rebels and a lot of other things before, but for those like me who haven't watched those, I would still like that explained at some point. Yeah, because that's not explained in anything else I've seen so far. And I just finished Rebels. Um, So last we see is Saw, he is trying to kill the last Geonosian um, and then it ends up kind of learning how to not always kill uh, a little bit but clearly that doesn't last long for, for Saw um, I, I that, that scene was awesome I as soon as we saw his buddy outside I'm like okay we're finally here and like the the uh, Z95 headhunter sitting outside the the, the flight yeah. that, that looked like an X-wing I, I've seen those in, in books and stuff always talked about it. it was cool to actually see one sitting there that looks so much like an X-wing but it's not quite um and just, you know, did you do that? Was that you? Was that you? Was that you? Like, nobody <laughs> yeah. knows. Like, there's no communication between everybody of, of who's doing what yet, which I, I find is really interesting. They all know everybody's doing something, that they're all rebelling in a, their own way, but there's no there's no access point yet of, of being the middle of everything. And I think we're going to see Luthen develop into that. Yeah, it's like a mystery, kind of. Well, it's not like it is a mystery, right? There's no group chat saying, hey, FYI, I was responsible for this, so act accordingly. Stuff's happening, and we're going to see all these rebel cells eventually kind of band together and create the rebellion, but watching them work together but disconnected has been really, really curious. And, you know, you mentioned him, but the whole Cyril Deidre angle of it as well, right? They're still trying to track them down very, very closely as well, so... The grip is tightening. The Empire is trying to tighten their grip, but the Rebellion is getting stronger and stronger, and they're starting to fight back, which is very, very cool that we can slowly start to see, uh, I guess, the web get brought in closer and tighter and tighter and tighter, right? We've talked a lot about these Disney Plus shows, how it's not even, you know, exclusive to Disney Plus, but a good show can weave an incredibly large web. But you have to bring it back in. And I think it's starting to close down right now. As you mentioned, there is four episodes left. So still a lot of time. That's what, three and a half hours of actual runtime. But we're starting to get some answers or we're starting to kind of see, again, I've said this a few times this episode, we we know how this series ends. We know how Star Wars kind of ends for the most part. But just seeing how we got to that point is so cool. Prequel, a good prequel is a good show and it also... Uh, strengthens the original IP that it's based on. 
and I think Rogue One strengthened Star Wars, and Andor is really strengthening Rogue One. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, and you mentioned Deidre there as well. I'm still rooting for her. I don't want to root for her, but I'm still rooting for her. I, I'm fascinated watching her just how committed she is to the goal, you know, and what she's willing to do to to do that. And even, you know, she should be using Searle, right? Because he's legit has information that could help her. But she's like, oh, you sniveling little idiot. No, like quit complaining, quit whining, quit sending that all staff email to everybody whining about this thing. Meanwhile, though, like you can see, he's like, Guys, I know what happened. Like, let me be in. Let me in. It's like, it's normally you see that. Okay, come on. You help me out. But here it's like, no. Yeah. Everyone, I believe at a time in their job has had the right answer. And it's so frustrating when the bosses won't listen to your answer. Right. That's not exclusive to Star Wars. I think that's just a work thing. Right. Like, I know I'm right. Please listen. Not even please listen. Like, I know I'm right. Here is why I am right. And the frustration shown in him, I think he had, what, like, six complaints, I think, or five complaints he had launched about trying to track down Cassian, and she just wasn't having any of that. So I find that stuff with Cyril so fascinating. He clearly hates his job, clearly hates what he's doing, is trying to go above and beyond all that, but he just continues to struggle with all that. And I'm with you, Deidre. Like, you're not supposed to like her. But I kind of want to see her continue to hunt. She's playing a really good villain right now. And I don't even know if you could really call her a villain. She's not your typical villain who's out hunting, right? She's not the third sister from Kenobi when we no. see her week to week doing horrible things. But we know who employs her and what her end goal is. And you just know it's a bad person. Yeah, I mean, really, she's just doing her job. And it's... we. Saw, I think we just see so many either hoity-toity imperial people or bumbling idiots and here we see one that's just focused on the cause and doing what they're supposed to do and like has enough of that air of arrogance around her right um because she's kind of like Cyril she had like bang her head against the wall to get the um the ISB commander to listen to her so like she should kind of see that from Cyril going that's what I had to do to get this position from this other guy that clearly just wanted to bury everything and move on but why doesn't she recognize that in somebody else and maybe that's coming. Uh, maybe maybe there's something that happens yeah. that pushes her towards that, right? We've talked about why these characters do what they do. Maybe that event is still coming. You know, maybe she realizes the next coming episode that she's going to need his help to accomplish what she needs to accomplish. So they've done a good job at the character development. I think she's been an ex- exceptionally strong character. And I would love just to see kind of what her next few steps are, because I find that stuff so fascinating. I also find it fascinating how every other character in the show outside of Andor is just obsessed with casting Andor. Some of them don't know why they are, but what they're doing is all about him. You know, we have obviously you have Luthen who wants him wants to take him out. We have you know the the people from the heist that want to take him out. We have Cyril who wants to take him out. Um, she's obsessed with finding him uh, in Deidre. Like everybody's so obsessed with him, and he, I kind of get the feeling he has no idea that he's just kind of going about his day and feeling like he gets, you know, almost just just stuck in the situation and it's not his own fault. But I think he's realizing now that, you know, doing what he did it caused all this. And that's something that we're going to need clarified in the next four episodes, right? Like, he's the most popular guy in, in the galaxy right now. He's the most wanted man in the galaxy. And all these kind of interconnecting stories really all, all revolve around him, right? He's the title character of, of this show, and I can already see you smirking. This is, again, a lot like Better Call Saul, where all these <laughs> stories from the outside 
are all about Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman, but he's not in every single scene, yet it still kind of all revolves around him. And yeah, I'm or as much as I'm intrigued by the prison stuff, I am excited for when Cassian and I'm going to assume Melshi get out to see who the first person is they contact, who the first person is to then get a hold of them. Like there's so there's a target on his back and he doesn't really realize it, but he's starting yeah. to realize it more and more, which is a weird place to be in. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is it is interesting. Um that's all I have actually on the episode. Do you want to kind of look forward here a little bit of what we're going to see cuz like do we do you expect the prison break next episode? Is it two away? Where where do you think we are at? As I said off the top, I am fascinated by this, so I could spend the next four episodes in prison just watching the day-to-day life. However, I don't think that would make make for good Star Wars television. I think it's coming soon, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't know exactly what episode, but I could see it. Four left, breaks out the next one, the next... The last two, I think, mm-hmm. are going to be the big ones, obviously, with the new director and, and Tony Gilroy coming in for the final two. So I think that happens very soon. Um, I just am curious to see, yeah, where he goes after and what, like, does he go look for his money? Does he just, again, try to run away? Does he go immediately to the rebellion? Who Who's that first phone call when he first gets out? I'm just very curious to see about that. Where do you think this yeah, is leading? I, I, I don't know. And I wonder, like, is he the key point of the prison break? Or is somebody breaking in to save stuff? Like maybe somebody's rescuing somebody else or we saw those other two people communicating. Like maybe there's already something ongoing he gets caught up in and gets out. Um, whether he gets out and he's out with a group of rebels maybe or he's out with... Because um, like you got to assume a lot of these people in here are probably separatists, right? From the from the original war and um, that have been there for a long time. So like who does he get out with and where does that group go? And does is that group rescued by Saw Guerrero's group? Is that group rescued by rebels or do they just kind of go off on their own you know and then they form their own little unit um so i wonder if how key he is to what happens whether he's kind of just along for the ride and you know it's like how many times have you seen a prison break show where like your main character is like oh look i have an open door i'm gonna go you know and that like that happens sometimes right um so i do wonder if how involved he's gonna be i think he's going to be involved but I, i wonder if it's about him or not that sounds like an old school episode of Batman 66. That's actually yes. how the Joker breaks out of prison in one episode is something else is happening and he just sneaks out the back door. Uh, yeah. And maybe, you know, the legend of Cassian Andor still can, needs to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like we've we know where he's at in Rogue One. He's kind of a legend by the time Rogue One rolls around. But this could just be another, you know, chapter that helps the rebellion saying, hey, we have this guy who's one of our leaders right now. He was the Aldani raid and then he broke out of prison, you know, like that could be something that helps the legend of Cassian. It helps the rebellion. You know, these stories continue to grow and these whispers can sometimes turn into shouts. Yeah. Because then, you know, the Empire, they don't know what to believe about this Cassian character, right? If you're hearing all these legends, it's like that old fish story, right? I caught it was a foot long and then yeah. the more you tell it's then at the end of the day, you're telling, yeah, I caught a nine foot fish. So I wonder if that's also something as well, where he turns into something bigger than the rebellion. He turns into the idea of, of the rebellion. And kind of to go along with, um, you know, Shawshank or escape from Alcatraz, like type of thing where as they're doing things in the yard, they're doing something else, you know, they're building something else secretly to use for his escape. I kind of wondered if they were going to build something to, maybe take over a K2SO droid um, 
but there's no droids in this prison. It's all because of the electricity. I wonder if there's any droids available. So I, I don't know if he's going to be making some sort of item during their, their work time to to take over a droid. But that's originally I thought, like, oh, maybe this is how he gets K2SO. But with all the electricity and stuff on the floor, I haven't seen a droid yet in prison. No, and that's a very good point. We actually got our first look at stormtroopers in this episode, which yeah. is very, very cool. They were in the background. Uh, but yeah, that's I hadn't actually even thought about that. I I thought that's something they were maybe building in that mm-hmm. prison was K2 was was it was a K2 droid. And you know, Alan Tudyk, the voice of K2SO, has also said he's not around till season 2. So again, yeah. maybe that is just maybe we take him for what he's actually saying. But he doesn't have to talk, right? Yeah. He could just certainly be building one or just reprogramming one or find one on the scrap heap. Like that's something that 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 is like an ace up their sleeve. Yeah that these showrunners can play at any point, but they're holding it on as late as they possibly can. So yeah, uh, who knows about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm stoked for next week. And and now knowing that there's three more after next week, I'm even more excited because I thought it was over, uh, at least for, for the short time being here. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to see where we go here. Um, I, 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 I have some bad feelings about some of these characters and where they're going to go. Like a lot of these characters, I, you know, like Mon Mothma's daughter, we never heard about before. We never heard about at all. Not that we spent a lot of time with Mon Mothma besides her leading, you know, the rebellion stuff, but it's interesting, you know, like what, what's going to happen there. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to where we go. And, and this is a big week, man. I feel like every day that like, there's something happening this week. So uh, we got lots to talk about this weekend. Yeah, our news dump episode is going to be chock full and a bit of Star Wars news as well. We haven't really yeah. had Star Wars announcements in a while, but if you follow us on Twitter at MCTV Podcast, you can see there's a lot of stuff going on. So this wraps up no ifs and or buts, and we got a really jam-packed news dump coming on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Trailers and new stories and new people in new places. And gosh, I, I can't wait to talk about it. So yeah, stay tuned.